Welcome, everybody, to another episode of SF Live. Thank you so much for joining us. And today we'll discuss how silver is squeezing the investors, or if it really is, or is this just the opportunity of a lifetime? And uh, we got the right person on the on the call here with us here in our virtual studio. It's Garrett Goggin. He's an editor at the Silver Stock Analyst, and really excited to have him on. First time I'm chatting with him. Really curious to hear his views on the silver price. We're scratching $18 again. And uh, let's see if that uh, that really important mark holds up today and uh, over the coming weeks as well as we come into a weaker month of September. And uh, before I bring my guest on, you guys, if you watch, you know, if you watch more often, I, I know you know what's coming and uh, I have to torture you for a second. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Hit that like and subscribe button. It helps us tremendously with the algorithm, especially if you're a silver investor or if you want to share the, uh, the silver opinions around, uh, make sure to share it as well. Thank you so much. And uh, one last thing, Deutsche Goldmesse is around the corner. Our conference in Frankfurt happening November 18th and 19th. Don't get fooled by the name. We also have silver companies presenting. It's free to attend. It is in person. 35 fantastic companies, six amazing keynotes, and uh, really, really looking forward to hosting. Well, now, Garrett, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thanks for making the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kai. It's always uh, nice to talk with you and you know talk about server stocks. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that, of course, and uh, really appreciate it. And uh, Garrett, for, first things first, I saw you took your kids to the NASA launch or the, the, the wanted uh, NASA launch there. How did that go? <laughs> I went okay. Uh, we went out and saw our SpaceX launch last year, and SpaceX is great. SpaceX, they pop them off. They popped off 40 rockets already this year. Uh, they, you know, they do it consistently. It cost them $2 million to shoot off a rocket. NASA, you know, they got years of overruns. It cost them $2 billion, never mind another almost trillion dollars that they spent on Artemis. And, you know, we want to love it and we want to believe it, but NASA just can't get their act together. And uh, to be honest, if we looked at it, I look at it as, you know, being symbolic of, you know, our government, U.S. government as a whole. They just, they can't, they can't get anything done these days. Uh, so, you know, hopefully SpaceX ends up taking up, taking over the deep space exploration and uh, be a lot smoother process from there. Be very interesting. Be very yeah. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I've been watching that as well and following closely. And I've seen your Twitter post about it as well. So I was quite curious right. uh, as well. Um, do you look at the, the space exploration theme also from a silver angle? Um. You know, uh, a little bit. Silver, question, by the way. <laughs> no, silver, silver's pretty. Um, you know, it, it's an industrial metal. You know, so it is used in. Um, you know, wiring. Um, usually, you know, it's um, you know in, uh, applications for the consumer, so they only use you know a little bit of sol solar uh, to connect the wires. But in military applications, they they use they use silver to make the whole wires because it's the it's the ultimate conductor of electricity. So you know, actually, we're Keith Newmer and I were joking around one time about Tomahawk missiles. Supposedly, Tomahawk missiles. Uh, contain, I don't know, like 100 or 200 ounces of silver in each Tomahawk missile. And Keith is like, well, maybe we should look at Afghanistan for some mining claims and go mine all those uh, Tomahawk missiles, you know? Now, interesting. Now, it's a, a far-fetched question, but uh, I'm trying to make that segue to, to now have a silver discussion, obviously. Yeah, right? sure. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, silver is scratching the $18 mark again, from coming coming down from almost $19 again. Um, what is weighing on the silver price right now? And uh, as, as I mentioned, I'm titling the video how silver is squeezing the investors. It is tough to be stay patient with the precious metals right now. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. you know, it's all correlated. You know, the Feds are reducing liquidity, although, you know, I think they are pretty much on hold right now. They can't raise rates anymore. Every time they raise rates and every time they try to withdraw liquidity, the whole market crashes. Stocks crash. 
um, you know, gold crashes, silver crashes, silver stock, all the stocks crash. Uh, it's just an absolute disaster. And, you know, the Fed can't let that happen again. So I think in the in the end, like I, I don't I know in the end, the the end game is inflation. We're already seeing it right here. Um, it's not a politically acceptable um, outcome for the Fed to let markets crash. I mean, it's it's not going to happen. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, this whole market's going to start turning around and it's going to end up, you know, being inflationary where stock price go higher, silver goes higher, gold goes higher, real estate goes higher, everything goes higher. It's, you know, it's an asset bubble. That's the Fed's game. You need to keep asset prices moving forward or else it's game over. And, you know, those people, there's people out there that call for like disinflation and deflation, um, you know, looking for you know, gold at 800. I'm like, it'll never happen. Never happen. Because if that happens, then real estate will be down 75% in price. Everyone in the country will be bankrupt. It's and uh the Fed would never let that happen. And that's the key. The Fed has control over that, over the over the printing presses and liquidity. Um, they never allow that to happen. They much prefer inflation. And that's where we're going to end up. They much prefer interesting because they're like Powell's fighting words were quite harsh actually, uh for yeah. coming out of Jackson Hole, right? And uh yeah. he said, Oh, we're he's he's extremely hawkish, gonna keep raising rates. Yeah. Um how does that fit in? They always talk tough until it all falls apart. And when it all falls <laughs> apart, then they stop. Then they have to reverse their course and they have to bail out the banks. They got to bail out, you know, probably the mortgage companies. They got to bail out God, you know, the commodity pr producers. What are they going to? Are they going to industrialize the whole utility sector now uh, due to the high electric prices all over Europe and, um, you know, in the United States due to natural gas? I mean, it's crazy what we're getting into. And that's, you know, that is the end game. And that's why you own silver. That's why you own gold because it's going to be a huge inflationary spiral. That we're experiencing right now. Interesting. Yeah, the, the the Fed keeps referencing unemployment numbers and things like that um, to, to sort of boost uh, the in, or the the infra interest rates and say, well, yeah. inflation, we need to control it as as long as unemployment stays, you know, sort of uh, in, in in what do you call it intact. You know, it's like yeah. um, we're creating jobs here. Uh, we're definitely yeah. not in a recession. So let, let's keep raising rates. But uh, how long do you think they can do it? Let, let's be realistic here. They can. I think we're in a recession right now. I think we've been in a recession over the past, you know, three months. You know, you look at a lot of, uh, you know, economic economic numbers and it's, you know, a, reflation, uh, uh, a, a recessionary time right now, um, you know, due to negative GDP over two quarters, which they're trying to change the definition of uh, of, uh, of recession. And they're trying to change the definition of uh, like definition or something. It's crazy what they're doing right now. But we've had two quarters of, uh, you know, negative economic growth, and that is a recession. Yeah. And uh, another word that is being thrown around quite a bit is uh, stagflation as well. You have a slowing or shrinking economy and and yeah. and, 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 and lower pricing as well because the oil price is down uh, from from its peak at about one hundred and twenty dollars a barrel. Um, mm -hmm. How does that fit in? Like because that's sort of the antithesis to like higher silver and gold prices, I'd say. Uh, what that you have higher that oil prices no, are higher. Here? No, that uh, oil prices are lower. Inflation is going down. You know, the Fed doesn't have to yeah. raise as much or. It feels confirmed in their in their course, right? That yeah. they have to write. <laughs> So, you know, I, you know, I got three little kids. I go to Costco, right? And I used to spend, I go once a, every few weeks, I used to spend 500 bucks. Now I spend 600 bucks. Like, and that is over a span of like less than a year. Like inflation is here and it's, and it's strong and it's bad. And, you know, people are getting crushed right here uh, because of it. So the fact that commodity prices spiked up so high and that they're finally rolling over a little bit, 
um, you know, prices don't decline. Like, you know, the steak that you buy, the hamburgers that you buy, you know, they're not going to cut the price of it. When the, you know, the price goes up, it stays up. It doesn't go down. So, you know, the fact that inflation has been moderating, you know, it's good. That means it's, inflation is not climbing as fast as what it was, but it's still, you know, it stays high and you lose that purchasing power of your dollar. Yeah, no, exactly. Especially we don't see really wages increase too much, I think, from what I've seen. Like it's stayed fairly fairly or flat uh, fl uh, wage rates as well from what i'm seeing yeah here. correct so really interesting yeah. really interesting um silver at 18 dollars. let's talk from a technical point of view as well um mm -hmm. it's been dropping again massively this morning and gold is being sold off as well in, in, in unison there um what is weighing you know, on, on on silver and gold especially silver uh in, in, yeah. in the short term here it's the Fed, it's the Fed's, you know, hawkish, you know, rhetoric that, you know, when push comes to shove, they're, you know, they can't raise rates anymore. They're going to have to cut at a certain point and provide more liquidity. Um, and it's it's weighing on the stock market. It's weighing on gold. It's weighing on silver. And, you know, I follow a lot of indicators. I, I track the commitment of traders and, you know, there's some interesting things going on right now. The managed money, which are small traders, they are short. They're usually never short. They're always long. They're only short in small periods that, you know, mark major bottoms in the silver price. And, you know, I did an interview a few weeks ago and I'm like, listen, over the longer term, we're going to look back in a year from now. And this period right here um, is going to be one of the best times to be involved with the silver market. It's going to be mark a low. Um, so, you know, I was called out, out on that regard in my timing. But, you know, it's a longer term thing. It's not a day or a week. It's just, you know, a year from now, we're going to look back and this is going to be a major bottom. The commercial traders of silver, they're basically long at this point. They're always short. Um, you look at the inventory. Uh, someone took down 26 million ounces on August 30th of silver inventory. Silver inventory at the COMEX is only 50 million ounces. It's a low it's been in God years. Um, you know, and you compare that to a huge open interest. Uh, and, um, you know, there's not much silver left. Did you say 50 million? Five zero million ounces? 50 mil registered ounces. Yeah. yeah That's not a lot at all. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, but, you know, industrial demand, you know, you keep on using it for solar and you need, you know, almost an ounce for each solar panel and solar uh, is a tremendous uh, uh, driver of silver uh, demand and, you know, other industrial applications. And it's an industrial metal. It's just silver is caught up in like this whole, you know, it all goes up and down together, you know, dependent upon the Fed. The Fed's tight and the stock market crashes, gold and silver crash, you know, and the Fed starts easing again and providing liquidity. Gold and silver are going to go through the roof because, uh, you know, it's obvious what the end game is and it's going to be inflation and you need silver and gold to protect yourself. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned gold and silver going in unison, but and that's my personal opinion. I feel like silver has decoupled a bit from gold. It's more trading like a, like a tech metal. And uh, with, especially with the recessionary fears and the recession that we're looking at, and again, it's, yeah. it's by definition whether we're in a recession or not, right? Um, mm. it, it is trading lower than gold. I feel like gold is still hanging in there um, yep. on a percentage basis, but while silver has been sold off more sharply, um, do you yep. think silver will recover more sharply as well? Yeah, silver's always, silver uh, is like gold on steroids and silver is more volatile than gold. So when gold moves 2%, silver moves 4%. Now, and I watch margins. I I, I calculate the average uh, all-in-sustaining cost for the gold miners and the silver miners. And the silver miner margin right now is, uh, it's only 1%. Like they're basically flat. It costs them about $18 per ounce to get an ounce of silver out of the ground. So therefore, you know, the average miner is not making money versus gold. Gold always um, has a higher, uh, it's a higher margin business than silver. Uh, right now, the margin is still, 
God, it's 54% as far as an operating cash flow basis. So the gold miners are a lot more stable, um, whereas silver is a lot more volatile. So silver is a volatile metal. The miners are even more volatile than the, um, the metal itself. So you're investing in like pure volatility and you're just hoping to catch one of these big moves. But let me say one thing. I, I've been working on an article called, it's called Defense Wins Championships, all right? So when investors first get involved with the silver sector, the reason they get involved is because they think silver's going to the moon. And they're like, all right, when silver goes to 50 next month, then which companies are going to go up the most? And then they always um, get exposure to the worst, highly leveraged, closest to bankruptcy, highest cost miners they possibly can. Because if silver explodes, these basically bankrupt miners are going to go from 10 cents to 10 bucks overnight. But you're betting on like a once in a lifetime occurrence. You can't you can't play football that way. You can't invest that way because these companies, they lag forever because they lose money. They keep diluting shares. If you look at the share count, the share counts growing like a 25 percent kager um, over the longer term. And you can't keep up with that. Core mining um, basically, you know, is a banker's best friend, is an investor's worst uh, nightmare. That company was at $300 a share uh, back in the 90s. Now it's at $2 a share. It's down 98%. Why? Because of a dilution. You need to stay away from the companies that dilute. You need to find a good coach. You need to find good management. I go to a lot of conference. I know who are good guys. A lot of these CEOs, they don't care about the share price. All they care about is putting their putting their $300,000, $500,000 salary in their pocket every year. And they dilute shareholders to do that because the companies don't make any money. You need to avoid companies like that. And then, you know, in order to play a strong defense, you need big boys. Uh, you need strong dudes and fast dudes. And the way we like to think of that in the mining business is through margins. Um, like I just talked about, the silver miner average uh, margin is 1%. But there's a couple of companies out there right now um, that due to their uh, extremely high grade projects, they are producing uh, silver, going to be producing silver at less than $10 an ounce. So whether the price of silver is $10 or $20 or $30, they're making money every step of the way. And that's what you need to look at. These are the companies that come out ahead because they generate a tremendous amount of profits that they use to enhance shareholder value through share buybacks, dividends, and smart accretive uh, reinvestment of capital. Oh, very smart comments there. Absolutely. And do you want to share some names of your cornerbacks and linemen? Uh, yeah, well, you know, what? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of comparing them to the 1985 Bears, you know, the greatest defense of all time. So, you know, you got your refrigerator, uh, William uh, Perry, the, the fridge, right? Uh, you know, there's a company out there, MagSilver, right? MagSilver is uh, jointly developing Wanacipio with uh, Fresnillo Mining. That's about 700 grams a ton. Um, they are coming in production right now. They're commissioning their 4,000 ton a day, Wanacipio Mill. And the thing that's interesting about Mag, um, their ore body is the best in the world. It's extremely wide width, extremely high grade. But um, Fresnillo operates Saucedo right across the way at 8,000 tons a day. Now, uh, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but uh, but Scipio will likely be running at 8,000 tons a day also in three years because it's the same ore body. It's the same company, Fresnillo. Um, it's the same mill. If you look at Mag's presentation, they built their mill. They have a whole open space right next to it. So you got to take whatever numbers you're running for Mag and double them. Uh, because that's what we're looking at. And mags costs are extremely low. It's like seven, eight bucks an ounce. So even if silver's at 10, it doesn't matter uh, because they're going to be making money. And it's important. You know, you need to be making money. If you're not making money, you're losing money. And if you're losing money, you need to plug it through dilutive uh, sh um, stock sales, um, share deals. 
And once you start doing that, the share shares outstanding keeps increasing. That company is never going to get caught up. Like it's going to be the chart is a straight line down with a couple spikes up along the way, but it, eventually it's going to go to its you know uh, its intrinsic value of zero over time. Yeah, absolutely right. And Core is the best example for that as well. And there's now struggling with massive debt on the books as well. And Max oh, yeah. is obviously the the example the other way around. Fantastic. Uh, there are not many silver producers though, right? Or pure play silver stories that pretty much don't exist anyway because they always have byproducts to make it. Because uh, silver is not a pure play, uh, usually not a pure metal that you can find anywhere yep. out there. Yeah, so, no doubt. I I um you know so I cover this silver producers and a lot of them have gone to gold because of the higher margins over the past few years like uh, silver standard right um, now it's SSR mining core has gone to gold Hecla's gone to gold uh, but you know what there's a couple of them that are interesting that are like pure silver there's Aya gold and silver in Morocco and then there's New Pacific in Bolivia and they own a project called Silver Sand which is 100% you know silver so you know uh, that's the thing that gets me really excited being a silver specialist is you know to be able to find like a pure you know silver play because it's very rare and they don't occur uh, very often in nature and there's two of them right now absolutely how do you play the space like I, mean, I don't mean by names but do, do you buy more of the index funds or do you stick like closely to the do the individual stocks Ah, no. So I write the silver stock analyst, right? And I've got a fave five. So I cover, I covered like 25 different silver producers and I, I list my fave five, right? So we uh, do a silver portfolio. My silver portfolio blows away the silver ETF, the SIL ETF. Right now, the SIL ETF is uh, down, God, 37% year to date. Uh, my fave five, they're down. They're down um, 28%. But basically, I beat them, you know, I'm beating them by 10% this year. Over the longer term, you know, I beat them consistently. The uh, Let me see. The silver stock analyst fave five is up 132% over the past seven years versus the SIL ETF, which is basically flat. You know, so I'm generating alpha compared to that ETF. I that ETF is it's an easy benchmark to be honest with you. It's got companies like Korea Zinc, and you know, it's got core mining, which is an easily avoid. So yeah, my job it, it's a little easier than usual. <laughs> no, fantastic, fantastic. Um, and, and, so sort of you sort of answered the question already, but uh, in, in face of the recession that we're in right now, um, and. Like I've been talking with a lot of other analysts as well, and they're recommending dividend stocks. But the miners, especially the silver miners, are usually not known for dividend policies and uh, or even massive buybacks or so. Uh, Barrick and Newmont, yes, they are at a right, right around five and a half percent dividend yield, but I don't think Pan American or any of the bigger like silver plays or even First Majestic pay a dividend. Like tell you what, tell you what, the way you, so. Um, a few of them pay small dividends. First Majestic, like 0.3 of a percent. Pan American's dividend is 3% right now. Oh, wow. Now. Okay. I, did, I wasn't aware of that. Fantastic. Yeah. Silver Core has been a good one. Like uh, it pays 1%. And Silver Core gets a bad rap being in China. But you, if you financially look at that company, they generate profits quarter after quarter after quarter. They have never diluted any shares. Uh, Ray Fang's done a great job operating that company. Company It's just got the uh, China discount. But I tell you what, you, you need to look at free cash flow generated because they use that free cash flow to number one, pay dividends, number two, buy back shares, and number three, to invest in accretive projects. So you can do a free cash flow yield. You can do a dividend share buyback yield. And if you start looking at that, this is how I look at the silver miners. And I look for companies with high um, you know, free cash flow yields, uh, share buyback plus dividend yield. Um, then it starts getting up a little bit higher, uh, you know, but right now it is, uh, 
like with the the average miners only uh, at a one percent margin. But I look for those those companies out there with extremely high grades, with extremely low costs. So even though the price still is ten bucks, these companies are still going to be generating profits that they can use to gen to uh, drive shareholder value. Uh, Silvercrest Metals is another one. Silvercrest and Magnar are interested because they're both going into production right now. Eric Fear is one of the uh, all-time good guys in the business. He built Silvercrest Mining uh, profitably. He did a really good job for shareholders. Uh, he owns a, you know, a good chunk of change in the company. Some of these management that only get their salary, they don't own any shares in their company. You cannot invest in companies like that. So Eric Fear is a good coach. He's a good guy. And then uh, Les Chispis has got grades of about a thousand gram a ton, gold, silver, silver equivalent. Um, it's crazy. And they're coming into production right now. So watching that one really closely. And again, that's another one. If silver goes to 10 bucks, doesn't matter. They're still going to be profitable. And you need to look at this. Is, I look at, I, this is what the fade five is all about finding these companies like this. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. Um, maybe one of a philosophical question you, and you brought it to mind here is uh, value versus growth. Do you actually want the miners to pay dividends or do you rather have them buy uh, additional assets or explore their own uh, brownfield sites? Like it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm sort of torn because I think the miners should uh, either buy assets or invest in exploration rather than pay a dividend. Um, yeah, well, that you is know my, what? my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, it all comes down to the coach, right? You need to find a good coach who's going to allocate resources the right way. You get a company like Hecla that paid 300 or $400 million for um, their asset, their gold assets in Klondex. Nevada. Oh, yeah, Klondex. And then they spent another 100 mil CapEx. They never got a dime back from that. They just threw 500 mil down the drain. Uh, so they get green, Hecla's got green screen, which is a good mine for them, but they take all that extra money and they just throw it away. Every, it seems like every acquisition they do. Um, however, you know, you get guys like Eric Fear um, that do smart accretive acquisitions. You get guys like um, Keith Newmeyer with First Majestic that uh, buys assets at the right price. His first few mines, he was buying them at like $6 million, $10 million and squeezing, you know, all the free cash flow, all the profits out of them. Um, you know, you, you need to find management like that, that is really focused on the bottom line and knows how to squeeze uh, value from their assets. Because you get a lot of uh, management out there, they're paying 500 mil a bill, they never get their money back. You know, it's just, you, they're flushing money down the drain. So find the right coach. Good, good answer to that, I think. Yeah, it's like, it's right right between, in between value and growth. I don't think there's a yeah. right answer, really. So, no, fantastic. Garrett, this, time has flown by. Like, amazing. Really, really great conversation. Where can we yeah. find more of you? Uh, you know, go to Stansbury Research. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, I we I write the uh, gold stock analyst and the silver stock analyst combined with the gold stock analyst of John Duty. Uh, so if you're interested, find out more. And then one more thing, the silver sector, um, you know, it's extremely volatile. It lags, it lags, it lags, it lags. But when it goes that 5% of the time, it goes to the moon. And that's what we're all hanging out for. And that's why we want these high margin defensive plays to keep us in, keep us in the game during these hard periods so when good times come around again very soon they you know take off to the upside fantastic great great closing remarks really appreciate it garrett thank you so much for joining us really appreciate Thanks, your Kyle. time Good. Nice Everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. We were joined by Garrett Goggin over at uh, the Silver Stock Analyst, Gold Stock Analyst there together with John Duty. Great insights on what the, what is happening in the silver markets right now. He dropped some really good names in the silver space to take a closer look at and maybe 
invest in, not investment advice, just financial education, but uh, do your due diligence. Quite interesting. Silver is definitely being beaten up right now. Uh, let's see how, how long you can stay solvent before the market goes sane again, I guess, right? And yeah. uh, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button as well. And uh, join us in Frankfurt if you can. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back with more. Thank you so much.